I'm Carol Speakerman, and this is Speakerman Speaks Retail, presented by MarketScale. Hey, it's Carol, and welcome to Episode 12 of Speakerman Speaks Retail. I help all kinds of retail-focused companies lend big B2B programs through a repeatable, scalable positioning process. And I also speak on my latest retail trajectories, which are themes that connect what's really happening in retail across categories, borders, business models, and touch points, and what you can do about it. Right now, we're digging in on perfecting your retail positioning and accelerating your business development, so you'll be armed and dangerous going into fourth quarter and 2021. We're on the sixth installment of my series, Eight Mistakes Suppliers Can't Make, doing a deep dive into the problems that come up over and over again in your retail B2B situations. This is true whether you sell products, services, solutions, or if you're selling your capabilities to investors and partners. But I want to start by thanking all of you who have liked and shared the episodes and sent notes to me. In fact, I got some really great feedback from the last episode. Plenty of you were raising your hand and saying, hey, I'm doing that holiday hustle. And I just love to hear that. Go out there and show your stuff. There's never been a better time of year to do it. And particularly at a time when your competitors are starting to rationalize, kicking back and taking some time off. Today, we're going to take on one of the biggest mistakes that I still see supplier companies make. Going retro with your recruiting. Using old school standards to hire old school talent to take on new school retail opportunities. Using old school hiring criteria from a bygone retail era that will never come back into fashion. That's not just uncool, it can be deadly. And this is particularly true when you're talking about your business development and sales effort. So let's talk about some of the seismic retail shifts that call for new thinking on the hiring front. First of all, I know any of you who work closely with retailers are going to back me up on this one. Retail HQ has become a revolving door. Retail decision makers are changing jobs sometimes several times a year. They're just not staying put. There really is no such thing as connections in retail. Or if you or some of your team members had them at one time, you're not going to have them for long. And these days, these transitions aren't just happening at the buyer level and in lower management. The retail C-suite has become a spinning top. So what that means is a lot of companies are finding themselves in a condition that I call getting lost in transition. In other words, they're one buyer change away from losing a big business or in some cases losing an entire retail relationship. So that means that if you're hiring people based on their so-called connections or contacts, the clock is ticking. Not to mention the fact that the retail world is getting flatter. Those layered structures of buyers, DMs, and GMs, and marketing teams that have always defined retail, and that may have gotten your business where it is today, they're just not going to drive your opportunities tomorrow as retailers morph into becoming lean, technology-driven platforms. Now, any of you who have listened to previous episodes or worked with me or read my articles You know that this idea of platform positioning is fundamental to what I do, and it's actually what I call my workshops, platform positioning workshops. But the fact that all of these layers are going away, and yet they're managing these big platforms is really good news because it means that you have a quicker route to the top. But not if you're attempting to put those old school players up front to meet with the new people who run retailers' platforms. So even though retail organizations are getting flatter, something interesting is happening on top of that. Retail has become a multi-stakeholder proposition. 
So that means that looking for key turners and go-to people kind of misses the point. And this is particularly true since there's so many more people at Retailer HQ who have influence over what you do. They may not be flat-out decision makers, but they have influence. And to make things even more interesting, no two retailers have the same structure these days. When retail organizations were more cookie cutter, things were a lot easier. You could develop a proposition, show it to somebody who had a particular title, and then you could just lather, rinse, repeat from retailer to retailer, going to those same counterparts in other retail organizations. Well, now retailers are creating new roles with titles that retail's never seen before. And there's a whole new cast of characters rotating in and out of their organizations. In fact, I've been saying that there's an alien invasion underway in retail as all kinds of new faces and skill sets come on the scene. Data scientists, machine learning experts, content mavens, and other non-traditional players that are just not steeped in those old ways of retail. And these folks are right-brained, left-brained, and every brain in between. So with all of this going on, you've got to have a corporate message and a business development process that will resonate with all those aliens. And you've got to have people who can deliver that message with credibility and confidence. So instead of crowing about contacts, these folks need to be steeped in research and doing the groundwork for you that's required to uncover each of your prospects' unique goals and directives, because no two are taking the same approach. So these organizational shifts, there's something you don't hear as much about, especially as all kinds of other drama spins up in retail, but they have a real impact on who you hire. And who you hire has a real impact on how successful you're going to be with these new platforms. So we know that connections are a thing of the past and that a lot of new school folks are running the retail show now. Let's talk about some of the old school practices and hiring criteria that used to make a lot of sense back in the day, but just doesn't hit the mark anymore. First of all, the idea of a lone wolf out there doing his thing. You'll hear that you better stay out of this guy's way or you might just ruin his mojo. Listen, I know what it's like to be a top salesperson, and I never liked anybody breathing down my neck. I get it. But these days, the business is way too complex and the stakes are too high to be completely hands off or to hire people who have an aversion to collaboration or oversight. Now, there's a big difference between collaboration and micromanagement, by the way. But you do want to hire people with top-notch collaborative skills who actually enjoy cross-functional collaboration, both within your company and with your prospects and customers. Because when you're talking about platform positioning, they've got to be able to talk to all of those stakeholders and be very comfortable doing so. But tying into that, it used to be that you could just turn salespeople loose to forge their own path, tell your story, and in some cases just decide what they were going to say as they went along. Back then, the business could be a lot scrappier because the people on the other side of the table were a lot scrappier. And as we talked about before, they stayed in their positions longer, so they tended to be a lot more forgiving. These days, scrappy individualism just won't cut it. It's problematic for so many reasons, and I have to say it's in plain sight to me on a regular basis. Going back to those platform positioning sessions and workshops and masterclasses that I conduct, in those sessions, I walk companies through an optimized retail-focused B2B positioning process. After we're done and when my clients go into implementation, I've found that people tend to split off into two categories. Those who are relieved to have a process and can't wait to get started. And those who always said they wanted a process, but actually preferred the loosey-goosey old days when they could complain and make excuses and fly under the radar. 
When those excuses run out and they get called out, they tend to freeze or sometimes they even rebel. These folks either leave or they get fired, and frankly, it's usually way overdue at that point. Now, fortunately, this is the exception and not the rule. Most of the teams within the companies that I work with are forward-thinking and they want solutions or they wouldn't have signed up for the coaching to begin with. And naysayers are always a small minority regardless if they're there at all. But the key word here is process, and that impacts your hiring criteria. You want people who can follow processes and, yes, apply their own touches, but not renegades that you have no idea how they're telling your story, or in some cases, no idea if they're even telling the truth about your opportunities and the challenges that you're facing with particular accounts. I can't tell you how many times when my clients have done audits after some of these folks leave, they're horrified at some of the mistakes and problems that were going on, and they had no idea. So let's talk about another major marketing and business development challenge that's rooted in lack of process, but it's exacerbated by faulty hiring criteria. Lack of alignment between sales and marketing. This is a pervasive problem that frankly is only getting worse because an interesting contrast is at work here where on one hand, there's all kinds of new marketing tools that have become so much easier to use and more effective. But on the other, sales processes still tend to be rooted in those more loosely defined renegade approaches. That puts sales and marketing out of alignment, and that compromises your credibility, and it makes business acquisitions a slog at the end of the day. So that's why achieving alignment between marketing and sales, but also aligning both with retailers' new goals and directives, is the cornerstone of my work, and it should be the cornerstone of your approach. Because you can't do sales training in a silo. It's not going to be effective if it's at cross purposes with your marketing. And your marketing won't be effective if it isn't aligned with a lot of these new retail realities. And if you're not able to quickly cut to the chase of why you matter to your retail partners right now. But when you have a mutually reinforcing process to make all that happen, and when you have people on board who can execute it seamlessly, you are light years ahead of your competitors that are still kicking it old school. And finally, let's bust one big myth, which is the myth of the closer. Any of you who work directly with brands or retailers, once again, I think you'll back me up on this, that the chances of going into a first meeting and closing a big deal right on the spot are slim to none. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. Most of your competitors don't see it that way. Their processes are geared to closing deals and closing them way too early. And that immediately puts them at odds with this retail reality. As they fight reality, they waste your resources and they get into wishful thinking. So that's why I never talk about pitches or pitch decks with my clients. Because your number one goal is to start a strategic conversation and to efficiently evaluate opportunities to see if they're even going to be worth your time. So I call the decks that I create with my clients opportunity explorations, because that's exactly what they should be initially, vetting tools, not closing tools. Well, that is unless you want piecemeal programs that are really easy to pull the trigger on, but don't add up to much. But you need folks on board who acknowledge reality and who can take a phased and strategic approach to business development that requires maturity and restraint and confidence. So let's recap the do's and don'ts of how to just say no to retro recruiting once and for all. Contacts and connections, they can play a small role in your strategy, but they should never be used as your primary hiring criteria. 
The revolving door at Retail HQ is going to flatten that rationale faster than you can say in the newly created role of. You want collaborative strategic players who love to dig in on research and build influence networks. These are your new sales rock stars. Those alien-friendly folks who listen, who are quick on the uptake, and who can follow process. That are just as comfortable talking to data geeks as they are rapping with artists and techno mavens and all the others that now run retailers' platforms. And I do want to throw in one final thought. Retailers tell me that they still don't see a gender balance among supplier teams, and this is particularly true in the technology space, which we now know is dominating retail organizations these days. I mean, retailers are technology companies. So you see plenty of women in technology roles within retail organizations, but you sure don't see many on the other side of the table. And this is particularly true in sales roles. They're practically non-existent. So whether you're in the tech space or not, think about how you can actively nurture female talent within your organizations, outside of HR, and particularly in sales. It's just good business, and retailers are going to notice. So are you feeling better about just saying no to retro recruiting? I hope so, because your new sales stars are out there. They just may not look, think, or sound like they used to. And that can be a very good thing. I hope you'll stay tuned for the rest of the series and thank you for listening in today. I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions or ideas to share. You can ping me directly at carol at speakermanretail.com. You can visit my site at speakermanretail.com to check out more insights, to subscribe to my updates, and get the latest on events and other happenings. See you next time and happy selling. <laughs>